0: Uh, our quote of the day comes from our guest, Brooke Shields. Growing up, my mom always used to say, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, start all over again. She taught me that new beginnings could be anything I wanted them to be. Heel Squad, you are in for a treat because we are chatting with Brooke Shields today about her story, journey, and her new digital wellness brand. I'm super, super excited for you guys. Um, it was so much there's so much in this interview and I could have gone for like 20 more hours. Seriously. She's so giving and so warm and open. Um, and so She just has
1: so many good insights on everything. Everything. It's just like, and I don't even think she's give. she knows she's like giving so much value in what she's saying. Yeah. She just said, anyways, I'm excited for you guys. Okay.
0: Well, without further ado, ever since Brooke Shields made her acting debut at 11 months old in an ivory soap commercial, she has lived her entire life in the spotlight. Brooke Shields is an American actress, model, author, entrepreneur, and mother. In September, 2021, she launched her own Digital wellness brand beginning is now, which creates a supportive space for women over forty. She's not only a bona fide American icon; she's also incredibly inspiring. Her fantastic, stir, her fantastic story, journey, and strength will no doubt inspire you as well as other women, Yale squad. Without further ado, let's chat with Brooke. Brooke, thank you yeah. so much for for taking the time to do this. I'm really excited um, for our chat. I think. Um, you know, you're doing so many great things, um, especially with the new website that is really going to connect with our audience. You know, I think it might be easy for people to look at you and just see this beautiful, successful woman. Um, obviously most of us are aware that you're incredibly smart and talented as well, but you know, you, um, you you have gone through so much in your life as well. You know, it's easy to kind of forget that sometimes. You've had a journey and you're spending so much of your time now, it seems, focusing on helping women own who they are after 40 and celebrate who they are. And I think it's such an important thing to do. And it's, it's, uh, it's really exciting um, to have women over 40 feel like they have a place.
1: Well, it's also it's it's sort of shocking to me that um, that the situation is the way it is. You know, I say you expect there's ageism in, um, you know, in my industry for the most part, you know, and, and the entertainment industry, you kind of go, okay, that's sort of. We get that, um, but in the world to be not marketed to, um, and to be once you hit forty, that sort of that you're discounted. You know, you're sort of written off. And all the women that I know are pivoting it after forty and doing completely different things and new jobs and new. You know, they're changing the relationships or there and they're and they're really um, they're they're so rich in 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 their, in what they've lived, you know, they've raised families, they've started companies, they've worked at companies, they've, you know, given it up to raise kids or not have kids. I mean, they're so, and we're such a diverse group. And I really sort of was walking on the beach one day and I thought, this can't, that this is not fair <laughs> because we're not marketed to, and it's either mm-hmm. you're in your twenties or, you know, dentures <laughs> or something. And I, I think that it's, I feel sort of sexier and stronger now. And and so many women sort of don't feel that there's representation, you know, for them. And to me, it's just really important. I want, I just want women to feel vibrant. And, you know, and it's not about ageless. It's about vitality and finding the things that make you happy in this great stage. You know, this is not
0: the end. <laughs> this, mm-hmm. this really is a beginning. Well, it's funny you say not, ageless because I feel like over 40 I'm 43 I'll be 44 this summer and I feel like at some point you start to get the oh my god you never age you look exactly the same and you're like (laughs) I know I really don't I know I look good for my age okay fine but like you start to get those comments that almost in a sense can make you feel like you can't age because when you age they're gonna stop saying anything Right. So it's like it almost contributes to the um, that cycle of I have to stay young when the whole point is life is going to happen (laughs) and time is going to pass. Wrinkles are going to (laughs) come. Things are going to things are going to sack. So where at what point are we going to accept?
1: (laughs) Well, I think that that's that's sort of what I mean, that's really at beginning is now what we're what we're saying, because, listen, I'm all for, you know, it's important to take care of yourself. I'm all for doing anything that you feel better about yourself. You know, I mean, I color my gray roots, you know, and because I don't like them and I don't want to go be a silver fox at this moment. (laughs) And so I think that there's this sort of balance between, um, you know, finding ways to be healthy, finding ways to um, enjoy, you know, not exercising, but just moving and um, dancing or doing whatever it is that just sort of gets your, your heart rate up and and it's healthy for you. But I think that people always say, like they'll come up to me and they'll say, you still look good. (laughs) I'm like, For what? A hundred? Like, just, you know, I'm like, I know I've been around a long time. I mean, that's why I say this, this um, company of mine has been 56 years in the making. Um, because it's, it's accumulation of everything that I've been through. I've seen, I experienced, I've learned, I've failed, I've gotten back up again, you know, and I think that that's, that's a message that needs to be shared, but, um, you are so right. That's this, you don't, well, you don't age. That's an interesting, yeah, because it's not as if that's a bad thing. And to me, this aging process, so to speak, has been um, such a relief to me. You know, I don't, I don't have the same insecurities. I don't, you know, I, I don't want to waste time. I don't want to be with people I don't, that don't feed me, you know, emotionally. And and I think that there's a sense of freedom in, in that. And I'm feeling that in my 50s.
0: So here's my <laughs> question, because like I said, I'm 43 and I'm definitely chasing to try to hold on to things, right? I'm like, okay, how do we keep everything in place? How do we try to hold on a little longer? How did you get to a place where you felt like... I'm good and I'm confident. You said you're more confident at 56 than you ever were. How did you get there? That confidence, where does it come from? Because I remember you saying when you were younger that you had insecurities and and different things, which is always so hard to believe when someone is as insanely gorgeous and perfect. No one ever understands that part. So then for you to have this incredible confidence at 56, that's like magic in a bottle that we all need. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you.
1: Well, I think, you know, you get, you start getting a little tired of that crummy feeling when you compare yourself to other people. And it took, it did take years, but it also took me just really saying, look how lucky you are. You've got great people in your life. You know, you have. Your your children are healthy and, you know, there's been so much. But I think the thing that has been the most sort of strength inducing is the hard times coming through them. So literally, you know, facing rejection, facing the failures, um, going through the struggles and then finding a way to sort of not let it undo you and pick yourself up. And when you when I looked back, and I really, I've really had a lot of kind of craziness. And I was always very stubborn. So I didn't want to lose. But it's that sort of the resilience grows over time. And, you know, I think it was I feel like I've been incredibly lucky in my character because I'm I am stubborn and I don't want to be told no and I don't want to you know if there's something that I I that I don't know how to do I want to try to conquer it and I've always been like that but when I finally started giving myself a bit of a break and saying you know your body is really held up okay. You know, it it made and, you know, delivered children. It, you know, it healed after surgeries. It, you know, starting to really just take stock of all the good that you do have instead of focusing on the things you don't have um, really started to mentally change the way I I felt about life. You know, I I think I always compared myself to other people or other actresses and, you know, oh, I should be doing that or oh, I should be doing this. And it's exhausting,
0: yeah. you know?
1: And if you just kind of allow yourself to honor how hard you, it, it is to just live in the world, you know? And um, I, I saw strong women around me too. You know, my mom was... She was very, um, she was very scarred, but she was, there was a, a resilience, like a toughness in her. And, you know, she, she always, she would always say tomorrow's another day. And, you know, with this belief that, all right, what are we going to do about it? You know, what's, hap- what's tomorrow? We have a tomorrow. Let's be happy about that.
0: Yeah. So, Was, was there any therapy that helped you get to that place where you were able to create new patterns instead of focusing on the negative, getting to the positives about what your, your life's work, you know, not just your, you know, your career, but like your life and getting back up again, all of those things to be able to focus on those rather than the negatives.
1: I've been going to therapy for decades and I've definitely just, it has given me such perspective and it's actually, I've been going to the same therapist for, um, God, almost 30 years. No way. And yeah. I, and I, you know, there was a lot that I had to go through as a young child in, um, when my mom was in rehab, I was quite young and I went, I had to go through a program with her as a family member. And so I've been exposed to that type of help for, for a very long time. And that is just, I, I find it really important. It was just because, you know, I was so in the public eye from the time I was quite young mm-hmm. and that type of constant scrutiny and, I don't really think I would have survived if the internet was in social media back then. Um, but the, the the bombardment of opinion and judgment, and you know, it is so it's so hard to avoid. You know, and when you have all of that sort of thrown at you, and it tends to be negative. As I mean, there are some positive parts of it, you know, if, if they are positive people, but there's always this undercurrent of trying to knock you down. Mm-hmm. And after living through so many years of that and still living through it, you start to just really carve out the people you need around you and the professionals you need to keep you grounded. Um, and I think that that was, I was very lucky and I have a really good family my with my dad's family there was a lot of um balance with normalcy so to speak because i never um missed school i mean i i went to regular high school and and four years of college and and i think those were very grounding times for me because i was able to cultivate my own opinions and understand how i interpret things. And I had a social life that was out of the spotlight. And all of those things really helped, helped over the years.
0: Yeah, we talk so much about like traumas and, and healing and therapy here. And it's interesting, something you just said that made me think of something, and you can tell me whether it's true or not. I wonder if your mom's issues with alcohol, having forced you to have those therapies at such a young age, are the reason you were able to keep, you know, a rudder on the ship. Because when you think of child stars and and people who are in this business from a young age, it's really hard to have a, a clean kind of path. And somehow you had, even though you had a lot of struggles and a lot of adversity, you kept... A clean path, I mean, you watch the snowballs coming at you. there are interviews that I was listening to of you just at fifteen, and they're just digging and digging and digging into you, and you were so poised and so cool and collected and smart and I'm like, my God, how did you have that at such a young age? Um obviously, you were a wise old soul, but the I wonder. Lady. Yeah. I wonder if your mom's struggles, even though it was a bad thing, ended up being a good thing for you.
1: Well, it definitely made me hypervigilant and I had to keep her alive. You know, that was my main focus. So I never took drugs or drank or did any of those things because, you know, I was keeping my eye on the on my on the person who was my main protector and, you know, I had to keep her alive. And I think that that I was so thrown in to that type of a spotlight. And it's so interesting because I think humor is a, is a huge piece of the piece of it as well, because I recently had to watch some of those interviews again. And I was so struck by one of them because I, I end up saying, Oh, here we go, <laughs> meaning like here it comes, and then finally, the third time I was asked a question that I had already answered, and it was they wanted a different answer and I the third time it was phrased, and it was something like, "Don't you think you've lost your childhood or something like that or don't you aren't you totally exploited or, or something and I answered honestly, and after the third time, I I looked at the person and I said, "I just don't think you want my answer. I think you really want me to answer differently. But I'm this is my truth, so you you don't want to believe it. But I'm answering it, and no matter how many ways you rephrase the same question, I, I, my answer is not going to be any more likable to you <laughs> and oh. and you know they, they sort of gaffed it off and said oh no, no no you know and I just thought I lost so much respect so early for the press
0: <laughs> I'm sure that
1: that <laughs> that it um I didn't let them throw me as much because I I didn't respect them
0: yeah do you know
1: what I mean and then every now and now now and then you'd have an interview with somebody who was bright and articulate and had done the homework and didn't want to go through all of the same old stuff and wanted to approach it more intellectually. And those are the interviews that are the the most compelling, I think, even when I was quite, you know, even when I was younger, but my mom used to say, never let him see you sweat. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was from Newark and she was, pretty tough and and in a way I I just was never gonna let them break me and it became a it became this sort of game that I that I wanted to win you know internally that you know I'm not gonna let you shake me I'm just not going to give you that much power and I've that has helped me so much because it's Because then fear isn't dictating the choices you make and your answers can be owned by you. But I think that it was easier for me to do it career wise than it was because I was sort of sticking up for something. Whereas I was a little bit slower to do that about just my physical appearance or... Things that I didn't think I was good at, you know, now I've come to this point and I'm like, okay, I'm not great in the kitchen. <laughs> I like bake, but I'm, I'm not good at it. I can make things taste good, but it's not, it's, I don't do it naturally. And I used to beat myself up about, that, about it. And now I'm like, that's a, it's okay. My husband cooks. <laughs> you know and or you know I'll pick a and I wanted to learn how to surf and I surfed and surfed and surfed and tried and got a concussion and then I just sort of woke up and went I don't think I need to surf. (laughs) But (laughs) you know you said I always set these goals up for myself and somehow they were indicative of um a better human being or something you know if you were and and it was just I stopped um much much more ready to sort of give myself a bit of a break mm-hmm. and say, so what if you don't surf or c- cook a meal every night? And, you know, and, and that kind of freedom to sort of forgive yourself and not even forgive yourself because that's really saying it's like you've done something wrong, but to just like give surrender. Yourself a break. Yeah. And, and just say like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm good as I am. I'm enough. Four- yep, absolutely. Which and I don't is think so hard. Women feel that. And we're not told we're enough because you're supposed to have a baby and then be skinny the next day. You're supposed to go right back to work and you're supposed to juggle the family and you're supposed to be a good friend and wife and sister and all that. And you're, we're told um, you're you're not enough. So you have to keep doing all of these things. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of pressure.
0: Yeah. It's that perfectionist cycle that mm -hmm. we all fall into because we really are, you know, I learned this after my mom and I both got diagnosed with brain tumors. I was like, I've been a human doing, not a human being. And I've been everything to everyone and nothing to myself. And this is what got me here. And that's what I have to focus on to get myself out of here. And I see it in so many of us, you know, we were, we're kind of conditioned that we're supposed to be everything and we're supposed to do everything and we're doing it to ourselves, right? We're almost doing it to ourselves with the environmental pressures that we place on each other. What's up, Hill Squad? You guys know how hard we work here every day to bring you this show, and we are so excited to announce our newest partner, Macy's. I used to work for Macy's for years, by the way, as a fragrance spritzer. Shopped there my whole life and still do. And if you've been listening lately, you know my word for the new year is active. But when I looked at my gear, it did not make me want to move. So I'm revamping my athletic wardrobe at Macy's.com backslash better together. It was all old, uninspiring stuff. And now I'm adding a few new pieces and I'm giddy to get active. So they've got so many great brands to choose from, but here's my favorite part. I'm curating a special list for you and me. Just go to macy's.com backslash better together and check out what I've handpicked in athletic wear and other items that I'm excited about because they have everything you need, not just for a wardrobe refresh, but for every life category. So trust me, it's all cool stuff. That you need to get better and be better from desktop, smartphone sanitizer cases to cozy winter PJs and more. P.S. I'll be adding to it constantly and I hope it will help you with any ideas for you and your home or even just gifts. Kev's Valentine's Day present is in there, so shh, don't tell him. Help support the show by using our link macy's.com backslash better Together. If you're going to make any purchases with Macy's, it helps us so much in keeping the lights on. As you know, thank you as always for your support, friends. We love you. And we're grateful for Macy's that they saw our authentic connection and came on board. We are better together. Mm
1: -hmm. And I I also think that, um, we, we are so capable (laughs) of multitasking and doing things. And, you know, the busiest women I know, I I marvel at how much they juggle, you know? And so it is in our nature, I believe, to be able to handle a lot, but the pressure, if you don't want to, or if you really don't feel like, you know, when do we start taking care of ourselves? You, You know, I, it was, I just did something for Vogue and it was God, beauty regimes and something. And I, I basically was saying, you know, I never used to take the time to go through rituals of self-care. You know, I would work out until I dropped and then just, you know, I wouldn't I didn't, I didn't, to do anything that was healing or nurturing
0: or be present with it. Right.
1: Right. It was a job. Yeah. Me. Slap and it so, on and move on. Yep. And during the pandemic, you know, there wasn't for a while, that's sort of all we had was taking baths or putting a face mask on or, you know, and the grooming that I used to look at as a chore started to become something I looked forward to. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, this is, Very interesting. I've been running for so many years, just on that treadmill. And when you take that time to kind of really, really just give yourself some healing self care, it's amazing how much more dynamic I even felt for my family and in my relationships. And, you know, it's important.
0: I completely agree. I think that you know it wasn't my nature to be as much of a hustler as I was and working 18 20 hour days it wasn't my nature and it, it wasn't my nature mm-hmm. to do 20 different things at once I loved getting to focus on one thing that made me mm-hmm. happy because it, it's it's not um it's not easy to do 20 different things we can but is it mm-hmm. really where we're happiest and so when things slow down and the same, same thing you're describing is the same thing I've gone through where I'm like, oh, this doesn't have to be a horrible experience. Like getting my nails done can be something I can look forward to. It doesn't have to be this like, just get it done. Hurry up. Go. Move. Rah. And then you're like stressing out. Um, and so, but if it's like you have to slow things down, you have to be okay with whatever gets done today gets done today. I'm going to go with the pace that is and comfortable also, and going to make me happy so that the people around me are happy too.
1: Right. And I think that that's um, that a very interesting thing that you said about it's not in my nature. I don't think we really know our nature because we don't necessarily ask ourselves that question. And we are just doing things that we think we should do or other people say you should do or by this age. And, and it's funny because... It is not in my nature <laughs> to crave the spotlight and to be front and center. I, as an actress, I'm fine with that. But as just me or as a personality, it, it takes so much from me. And I never really realized that. But there's something that I just having it be written again with social media and with everything is like me 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 all day mm-hmm. all day and posting and this and this. it's like it's so exhausting that sometimes I just I have to sit alone and do a jigsaw puzzle or needlepoint or some repetitive little so I just have to go into a little cave and because it's just too much you know and I think that that was a very big distinction for me. You know, my husband will say, oh, you're starting to retreat. He'd be like, come on, come back, come back. And it'd be like, oh, but it it took me a long time to realize that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I have friends who love being in the spotlight. They love being front center. And when the time when I was a little kid, you know, I'd have to get out first when there would be like a red carpet or something. And my mom would say, and I'd say, no, you go first. And she'd say, they don't want to see me. They want to see you. And I would just think, oh God, I just, I don't want to be the I can't rise. You know, the focus, the act, the focus was so, you know, and I think that that's why I'm, I love comedy so much because it's, it's a type of, a type of deflection in a way and it's also incredibly vulnerable at the same time and it it's a, a very strong motivating factor in my life
0: yeah maybe like the polarity of that makes you feel comfortable in some weird way
1: some weird way I mean that the psychology of it is is interesting I mean I loved going to college because I could just disappear in the Be sea you. of students, you know, and sit in classrooms with 300 kids and just focus and study and and learn and grow. And there was this like sort of safety in numbers and not, you know, not being just the main focal point.
0: Yeah. You just gave me a breakthrough because when you said, you know, all these social media things, whatever, like I'm super comfortable and very extroverted in terms of when I'm hosting or, You know, whatever it is I'm doing on camera, I have that energy and I live for it. And it like, you know, fills me up. But when it comes to that one-on-one with the phone and I have to talk to the camera and do the social media videos and stuff, it's when I start short-circuiting. But I didn't realize it until what you just said. So thank you for my breakthrough, Brooke. (laughs) Because it's like you can't do it all the time.
1: No, and... And I, and I've like to realize this at fifty six is kind of mind blowing to me because I went down different um escape paths, you know, and college was definitely one of them and study you know studying and that was like a, a real sense of freedom for me and but it it sort of blows my mind that I'm even in a weird way, more introverted than I even realized, because, you know, I'll go into Waka Waka Waka, you know, and like the minute I get into a room and I'm like, you know, and, and, and then, and I've just stopped doing that so much um, the, in the last years because nobody, nobody necessarily doesn't serve anybody. But, you know, I used to immediately self-deprecate. You know, or if you are around women, immediately put myself down or call myself, you know, daddy long legs or oh, stretch or you know, some kind of thing that would make me less threatening. You know, yeah. cut myself down <clears throat> enough just to just so they know I'm not a threat. You know, just so and the the danger of that is that those are the messages you were you were re- repeating out loud. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you they start to sink in a little bit. And, you know, a friend of mine, who's an actor, said, you know, it's as if you immediately get into a room of people and you uh, you project onto them that they're going to think something negative. And it was a while ago. And then so you do it first. You try to beat them to the punch. Mm-hmm. And he said, you don't need to do it you know, and I, and it's true. We don't, I mean, we don't have to be arrogant, but also just don't cut yourself down anymore. You know, it doesn't fit anymore.
0: Yeah. I think women do that naturally anyway, but I understand where you're coming from because I felt like I had to do that a lot too, to make people comfortable around me sometimes. Um, I would have to do that or I would have to dress really poorly, not shower. I mean, in high school, like just to survive, it was like not showering, not looking good, like doing everything I could to um, distract attention because it only meant more pain. Right.
1: And more rejection or Mm -hmm. more, you know, and I, it's, it's it's hard. I mean, I, I look at my girls and just the drama that they experience in their friend groups and then add on to that social media. It's
0: such, it's brutal, you know? Yeah. So um, how do you parent Brooke? <laughs> Cause I was saying to the girls earlier, um, I said, you know, I feel such a connection with you because there's, even though you've lived a very different life, there are a little, some similarities along the way. Like, um, you know, my parents were super strict and I mean, I was like locked in this, you know, um, virtual closet for life. I think I kissed my first boy at 18. And so I have a lot of similarities with you where I'm like, okay, I understand that. But now when you have kids and especially girls, my husband always tells me my girls are going to hate me because I'm going to be so strict. I'm going to expect them to be just like me. And I'll probably end up with the rebellious girls that want to have sex at like 13 or something. (laughs) So not that there's anything wrong with that. Everyone has their journey, but the point is, um, through social media and all of these things how do you how do you do it and has it been challenging i'm sure it has no parent's journey is easy all right friends let's talk about something we all do snack trust me i've definitely overindulged in the past but as you know i am focused I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? is using the way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with way go to the way dot com and enter the promo code heel squad for 15% off any product. That's the way T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com promo code heel squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Heel squad, you know, the best thing ever a good night's sleep. I can't believe I didn't know about sleep number sooner. It's definitely changed my sleep quality and my life. Quality sleep is more important than ever as we conquer this new year. So if you're like me and you hate mattress shopping, I used to always go home unhappy. Not anymore. Sleep number makes it so easy. You take a quiz online, then you go into the store and they use a high-tech mattress to discover your pressure points. It's an incredible process, guys. Then they take your sleep number, mine's 25, you lay on one or two beds that the quiz chose for you and boom, you're done. And their beds are even more high-tech and mind-blowing than I have time to tell you right now, but just wait till you try it. My bed also is temperature balancing and has a foot heater, which is perfect for these cooler months. Trust me, do not go anywhere else ever for a mattress. Discover special offers right now for a limited time at your local Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com backslash better. Sleep Number proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Well,
1: you know, I don't think anybody has it figured out from 100%. You know, the communication has always been the thing. And real brutal honesty and owning up to when I'm at fault or when I'm doing something that's exacerbating a situation or I'm having a bad mommy moment, you know. I think that kind of honesty and willingness to say, that was really not great for me and I'm sorry about that and I'm going to work on not doing that again, whatever it may be. And really trying to listen to them. I think that that's... That has been the biggest help because they are not me, and they're their own people, and I have to listen in order to get to know them. And I'm—I'm I'm pretty strict. I'm definitely stricter than my husband, um, and. You know, manners were a really, really big thing, and I was just annoying. You know, eyes, look at them in the eyes, look at the eyes, look at the eyes. You know, <laughs> say please, say thank you, <laughs> and just like wrote like little puppies. You know, they have to be, they have to learn the rules. You know, and and they need to be reinforced. And so, you know, I had, I really, you know, I'm, I I said to my younger daughter, I said, you know, we're here to want your life to be happier and and better. And that's our main goal is loving you and wanting you to be healthy and safe. So when I say X, Y, and Z, I'm not trying to be a pain ass. I'm, I'm really trying to be your parent and I'm caring. And if I didn't love you so much, we wouldn't have these clashes and conflicts, but it's that we love each other. And that, we can't lose sight of that, you know, and, and they get it. Like they're, they're 15 and 18. So they're definitely pretty formed. Um, and I just have to, to bite my tongue a lot of the time and just let the whirling dervishes just, you know, go through there and just be still, and just wait it out. It's like weathering the storm. Um, but I am pretty strict, you know, I think that, and they always, you know, they there's curfews and they always check in and I have to be able to follow them on, you know, track them. And you know, we live in the city and, and they're, they're street smart for sure. Cause they were raised um, in the city, but you have to listen to them, you know, cause a lot of the time there, they don't know necessarily how to say something. And then it comes out in bad behavior or anger or something like that. And you you say like, okay, why do you think you, that's your response? And it's, I mean, it's a lot easier, you know, it would have been, you know, I've never like put an iPad in front of them when they were babies, you know, I do like play with the spoons or, you know, here are my keys or, you know, and like this sort of, there's no, I mean, and you spend time with them and they, Um, they've responded. It was my younger daughter just wrote me a letter on Christmas and said, I really love coming home and downloading you on, on all of the stuff that was going on with my friends. And you always make me feel better about everything Mm. and give me good perspective. And I was like, Whoa, you know, so, and, you know, she's the same one that, and the next breath is saying, you know, you've ruined my life. So, you know, they're just like, I hate you, you've ruined my life. And you're like, okay, yep.
0: All right. Isn't it funny though? I hear so many um, people tell me that their daughters, my best friend was like, cause we're in the middle of like doing this whole surrogacy thing. And she's like, do not have girls. They're little bitches. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What about us? We were girls. I wasn't a bitch to my mom. I was amazing. And I think you were probably amazing to yours too.
1: I was amazing to my mom. I did. It, it never even occur to me to talk back. Never. And she never hit me or anything like that. But The fear, (laughs) the fear But she had rings on all of her fingers and she would, when I, if I started anything, she would look at her rings and I, she would just go like that, like as if she was like, you know, just testing it out. She never hit me once. (laughs) I mean, it was like, but I was just, you know, I wanted nothing more than to be a good girl. Um, And I, my daughters push back a lot and I like that because it shows a confidence and a strength and, yeah. you know, they really do have opinions and they're very different from one another, but girls are, girls can be brutal. Yeah. I mean, they just can be brutal. It's, I, I'm amazed at the, the depth <laughs> that, that they can go. Um, and they know exactly what buttons to push, you know? And part of it, I believe is that, While they're trying to individuate, you know, they're still kind of your babies. Mm -hmm. And I had an aunt who, every time she would leave me, she'd come to stay for a few days. And every time she, right before she would leave, she would pick a fight with me. So she always left angry. And I couldn't understand it. And I said, why... Why, why, why do you do that? Why do you have to do, and it was easier for her to leave me angry, not liking something that I did than it was to miss me and leave sad. And it, it's an interesting thing because um, I I feel like kids as they're trying to become adults, have to find reasons to hate you because they know they have to become independent and individuate from this, Mm. this relationship with, especially with the mom that's so enmeshed at times that they have to find things that justify them flying the nest, you know? Yeah. And I, 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 that's my theory and believe me, I'm not a doctor, but, but I think there's something in it, you know, they, because it's, they're scared. Mm. Oh, yeah. or, you know, I mean, it's, I
0: it's would tell my dad all time the time, I would, back. I would be like, dad, I'm moving to LA someday and I'm going to pose for playboy. I would say all the craziest things from 13 on having no intentions to do half of them, but just to start cutting that umbilical cord because we, I was that good girl that was doing everything they wanted, but I knew there was going to hit that moment at 18 when I was going to do it my way and I was prepping them. So I think you're right. I think your theory is, is pretty spot on. I wonder and I
1: was the opposite, you know, I, I practically didn't do it until I was in my thirties, you know, I mean, I, you know, I was married and I was still sort of under my mom's guys, you know, and, and just, and it was so hard because she did not want me at all to individuate I mean Mm -hmm. that meant death for her you know and I was her whole lifeline and so that was a lot of pressure for me and I never it took me you know years of therapy and, and and really really having to just do things it wasn't even until I almost want to say when I had kids or when I lost my first child I think that was it was interesting because I thought I'm absolutely not a little girl anymore like that kind of trauma you you really do I mean I was really alone in that mm-hmm. um I mean yes, yeah, my husband was great but but it's a, but it's so interesting because my it was just my mom and I forever yeah and she had no intention of helping me leave the nest you know because she just couldn't handle it and the most sort of selfless thing that she did is when I went to college, I, I really was homesick in the beginning and I thought, Oh my God, maybe I've made a terrible mistake. Why don't I just go back home and, you know, go back into the routine. And, and she was the one that said, you will never forgive yourself if you don't finish. And wow. my being away at college was probably really the beginning of the end for her. Because She went back to heavy, heavy drinking again. And, and, you know had like a stroke and like so it was just I like think she just was so felt so lonely and you know couldn't really
0: break out of that wow i wonder would you ever manage your daughters if they asked you
1: I would definitely be, you know, consult and always be, have an opinion, always be there. But I think the professionalism of finding the right team who are really going to work for, for them. Um, I would, I feel that I think I would have, my career would have looked different if I had been with an agency or an agent and it wasn't just my mom and I, because we were, you know, we did things that had no real through line to chart a career. You know, it was, oh, we do that. We can go to Australia. Oh, if we do that, we can get a car. Oh, you know, and it was, it wasn't very thought out Mm -hmm. and it wasn't, it didn't have, um, the right focus at, at times, you know? And I think that that I want my girls to really be in a in in handled by the best people, you know? And I think, I think it would get a little blurred.
0: Yeah. I, I think I read something about Meryl Streep's agent at some point wanted to sign you. Is that a pivotal moment that you're thinking of?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, a because it was such a um, stamp of approval. And I didn't know why it didn't happen. And I, didn't find out until years later that the stipulation was that my mom took a back seat and stopped being my manager and like, didn't interfere. And she said, no. And so I didn't even know about that until decades later when my godmother told me that that's what had really happened. And so, you know, Who the heck knows? And it should have, would have, could have. And it doesn't do any good to go back. But that was definitely, it was confidence building for me. But by the same token, it felt like a missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. Because I think I became such a commercial um, entity. And and not always with the best things, you know. And the, the message was, slightly contradictory and confusing so I think that having a professional like someone to sort of really kind of take us through what it is to actually be in the entertainment industry as it, as an actress um, I think we, you know was different
0: yeah so. I wonder um, another thing that you said sparked something in me you know having feared my parents so deeply, which of course guided all of my very good decision decisions, thankfully. So there was a good and a bad. Um, I know it created uh, struggles within me to stand up for myself um, because my, my father's face just went on different people, right? Different bosses, different authoritative figures. So standing up to people was really, really hard. Did you ever face that? Because it seemed like you were really good at standing your ground. And some of the interviews that I saw, I was so proud. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you. Um, I, I never liked conflict, you know, I just didn't, I just shrunk from any kind of conflict, but I also was, I think I was rendered a bit naive, you know, because my mom did have me in such a bubble and I always had her, I mean, it was just, she was in my head all the time, all the time. And I think that that, A, I just didn't know how um, predatory the, the industry really was. So I was kind of shocked when I would see bad behavior because she, you know, protected me from so much. Um, and standing up for myself didn't, was not very easy for me, but again, you know, it was, I was defiant enough in things like interviews because again, I didn't, I I couldn't look at them with, with a huge amount of respect, you know, and I thought you're talking to a 15 year old like this. Yep. You're the one that's got the problem.
0: You were prepared not, for them. Like, it's like when mm-hmm. you get it and your side swept and you're like, oh my God, like you don't, you're not, you're not expecting it. It's harder, but I feel like you were going into those interviews just knowing that they were piranhas. <laughs> yeah. Like it just, cause it was constant,
1: you know, the,
0: the. Is there the one attack- that sticks out? Um, the, the one that really
1: takes out is um well Phil Donahue that was a brutal one and then Barbara Walters said asked me what my measurements were and made me stand up and I did it
0: Ooh, I and, I, the and I,
1: I watched my, and I was just like oh god and I you could tell I'm so uncomfortable like I got to like I was being you know I don't know I just it was like it was a piece of meat or something like that and you know you 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 look at the side of beef to see if it's like I was just I couldn't believe that that's what she was that was what did that do what did that prove you know how was that a good interview yeah
0: how long ago did you see that again and have that shock
1: oh uh, I saw it this summer wow because everything's been having to be archived, and so I, my, I was sitting with my girlfriend, and and we just put it up, because some of the old stuff, and because we were researching something, and I just, my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe that that you know, just it was the lack of respect yeah. for um, for a young person, and the the sort of degrading nature that they chose to address me, you know, and it wasn't until I remember having a press conference after I was at university and I was so ready and happy because I had taken psych classes and, you know, and all these different things. I had so much, you know, I was, I was in that, Oh, I'm getting smarter, you know, place. And, and, You want to be, want to talk and discuss and theorize. And and so I had this press conference and I was notably different in the press conference because, and I knew I was more articulate and I I had thought out answers in a very, very different way. And it was amazing. They didn't like it. They didn't want Brooke to be grown up and smart Mm -hmm. because then they couldn't, have one over on me, you know? And I just remember thinking, wow, I just became a threat. This, you know, intelligence piece and studying and going to university and having that, I I just became threatening to wow. them. And I when it was a kind of a great
0: feeling, you know. Wow. Have you co-hosted The View ever? I feel like you have, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever have to encounter Barbara again?
1: Um, oh, many times, and I did the with her, and um, yeah, no, she. I mean, I don't know if she even remembered. Yeah, I didn't. She, she was kind of even not grooming me for for it, but um, she was definitely had her eye on me and brought me back many times to sort of, you know, she was. She was always it was lovely growing. I mean, later years, yeah.
0: you know. Oh my god, I can feel you in that moment, just being the good girl. Like, how many times have we just had to be the good girl and just hee hey, hey, laugh it off, and yeah. then later be like, I can't believe I just let them do that to me. Um, beginning is now. We're get we're talking about so many things. I could talk to you for hours, and I hope you'll come back, but I want to make sure we really touch on this digital community that you have built for women, um, to own who they are right now. Tell me a little bit about, or tell the audience that's listening right now, what you want them to feel when they get there and, and what you want them to gain.
1: Well, we are extremely young. um, And we are a startup in in every sense of the word. But beginning is now stemmed from my having this conversation where I was saying, how come I'm not marketed to? How come I finally feel like I'm living in my authentic self, however you want to say it? And um, I'm I feel stronger and I feel better and I feel more confident. And now I'm being told that I'm over and I don't want women to feel that way. I want women to feel they've got other chapters that they, I want to build this community um, and really sort of say to women, what are, what are possibilities? You know, what would you like? What would you like in your life? How would you like it to be different or, and really just sort of, and we focus a lot on um, sort of movement was first and self-care and, and sleep. And those sort of that kind of 360 sort of degrees of well-being, you know, um, if well-being is the destination, that wellness would be the path to get there. But it really is. Um, that's what it is. It's a well-being platform. And at the beginning, I wasn't going to sell anything because that's not what I was. I wanted to create the community and sort of amass it. And it just has grown so quickly and people want answers and they want products and they want purposeful product. And they, and so I always say I'm the, I'm the conduit. I'm not the guru and I'm not the expert, but I bring in the experts and we, we sort of, I'm sort of the the ringleader, you know, if, if you will. Um, but it's a website and we're getting into different types of products now. We're um, launching active wear, um, which is really amazing. We've sort of, I think we found a solution to something. Ooh. So everybody should check it out because I know they can identify. Um, but yeah. And I just wanted to, and my friend said, well, you should just do it. And I, I said, oh, OK, <laughs> so I started my own company and now we're getting our first round of, of investors and it's just growing very quickly. But it's really about being your sort of your biggest self, you know, walk into a room and feel good. You know, don't don't put yourself down, move your body and really take, take care of who you are and how much you've, you've got done in your life and how much more there still is possible. And you
0: know, I the think the biggest new thing that you are, said, oh, oh, so sorry, go ahead. The new beginnings, you said? No,
1: no, no, no. New beginnings are, are create possibilities.
0: And they can happen at any age. One of the things you said at the beginning of this that I really, really loved is the resiliency. So the women you're talking to over 40, us, have gone through so much shit in our lives and we keep getting mm-hmm. back up. The thing is, is there's no one there leading the charge to tell everyone you're still getting back up, right? Most of us are in the kind of like, you know, crying about it or whatever, or like lamenting or trying to figure it out or whatever. But you're saying, hey, we got back up and now let's start anew. And I think that's a really important message. And I'm really glad that you are, um, are taking the lead on this.
1: Well, I, it's so the voice is not really out there on in that level. You know, there are younger sort of younger platforms that are skew a bit younger. And then there's sort of much, much older. But this space in the middle is is really sort of white space and people have been reacting to it. I mean, I you know, talk about getting back up. I recently, well, a year now, um, broke my femur and. Utah, I was, I was in such good shape. I had just finished this, like I was just feeling really good and strong and, and I had just done this challenge and, um, and I was in the hospital for a month and I literally had to learn how to walk again, one foot in front of the other. And I thought, wow, well, you know what, this is, and the, the, the website was sort of just starting to be. Formed, you know and the the platform was being created but in that hospital going through that really I thought you are living proof of beginning is now because what are you going to do are you going to just stay in bed are you going to stop and never rehab and just give up Mm -hmm. just go and throw in the towel because if I could have I you know and you to really have to do the rehab and really have to learn and then watch my body come back to life and work for me, work hard for me, you know, walking again. It was just, it was really, I was so thankful that, you know, I had muscle memory and that my, you know, everything that had been at, atrophying was going to get there again, you know.
0: and It's incredible. You are um, my new guru, whether you want to be or not. (laughs) I'm really, really uh, excited about beginningisnow.com. Of course, um, we'll put a link to that in the summary of this episode. All right, guys. I'm obsessed with Brooke. I love her so much. And I don't know if you noticed, but my super embarrassing alarm went off. I did notice. <laughs> it sounds like a porno, but if I can get my phone back up, it's really the beginning of my um, my favorite song that I play it's in the so Jeep. funny. Um, why am I blinking on what it's called? I don't
1: even know the name of it. I have no idea. But I think, Maria, it was so... I only <laughs> recognized that it was your alarm because you had just showed it to us. I don't think anyone else Did you noticed. hear the
0: por- porn voice? No, I just heard the, the beginning. <sighs> oh, that was a voice. Oh, I thought that... <laughs> Yes, guys I, I wanted to, to oh my die. God. <laughs> Hilarious. I'm pulling it up just so you guys can hear it because it's so bad. I did it as a joke the other day because Kevin wanted me to get rid of my Beethoven alarm. So my alarm would go off in the morning go do do, do 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 do. So the first option was this because I um I must play this song a lot oh <laughs> so my watch gosh. this in like 30 seconds it's gonna go off and then you guys will get to hear the whole thing <laughs> and then um we will close the show mm. ah! <laughs> oh my god I'm me i'm super, super fly, fly. Super <laughs> I'm sure Brooke loved it too guys I was so embarrassed anyway she is amazing beginningisnow.com is the website Uh, so many questions I didn't get to but you know you have uh, you gotta just flow and there were just so many places to go so um, if you liked this episode please share it Um, we'll put uh, her website and everything on her in the summary and I look forward to chatting with her again in the meantime be nice people make good choices and be present